Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And good day, everybody. Welcome. Episode 129. Talking for our podcast. Ben Fadden, your host here. Thank you so much for tuning in here. Uh, whether that's watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or Megaphone, wherever you're getting this, I appreciate it. Make sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube, like the video, all of that. There's been some people on the live streams that I've done this past week about when Super Chats are available and all that. So we need the subscriber number to get to a certain number. So make sure to hit that subscribe button and we can definitely get that going. Definitely going to be doing more live streams uh, in the future as well, more consistent live streams. I like that interaction, obviously, with you guys. Um, but today, I worked yesterday, so I did not have a chance to get a podcast, my reaction with the Luke Voigt sign or trade, or obviously give my reaction to how Mackenzie Gore did yesterday uh, in their, his first spring training start of 2022 for the San Diego Padres. Uh, first start, obviously, under Ruben Niebla. And this is the first starting pitcher that has ever pitched under Ruben Niebla as the Padres pitching coach. So I have some takeaways from this that are different from the wide uh, net speculation uh, takeaways, comments of people on Twitter. A lot of people on Twitter said one thing about Mackenzie Gore's start, and I don't really agree with that. And I might be the only one that disagrees. Uh, but I think that's what makes my thoughts unique. There are obviously things to discuss today, and I am very, very uh, happy to be able to discuss them now. Again, give us, give me your thoughts in the comments at Talking Friars on Twitter, at Talking Friars on Instagram, 
again, Talking Friars on YouTube, and then obviously the podcast as well. Uh, but yeah, let's get to Luke Boyd first, and then we will get to Mackenzie Gore's start. And then also, as I'm recording this before the Padres have their second spring training game, it was something interesting about the lineup that I saw that might be some good news for Padres fans if someone is called up on opening day or shortly after opening day. We'll see about that. But so there's a few things to discuss today. Luke Boyd first, but before that, this episode sponsored by Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks and subs. They are located not just in Petco Park, upper deck, garlic fresh stand behind home plate on field level and their main stand by the Valley Sports San Diego booth down the third baseline. But they're also located with our actual two shops in Point Loma and in the uh, sports arena. So go ahead, go get them there, gaglionbros.com to view their whole menu. Great cheesesteaks, cheese whiz is what I like. Great garlic fries, so hit them up there. They're the sponsor of this episode. So first, getting the Luke Boyd here. Obviously, the trade that went down yesterday, I gave my like one minute reaction on YouTube and on Twitter and Instagram. So you can look at that if you want. But for my full reaction. So yesterday, obviously, Voight traded to the San Diego Padres. The New York Yankees got in return. They got Justin Lang, uh, went to LSU. He's a pitching prospect. I think he's 20 years old. There is some high upside, obviously, there. Uh, but he is only 20. He's going to probably be in single A. AJ Preller was talking to the media yesterday and he was saying that Justin is going to be someone that is going to take some time to get to the big leagues if he does get there. Uh, so there's things that he needs to refine. And for a team like the Padres that really needs to win right now, it's a good trade for the Padres and it's a good trade for the Yankees. The Yankees on their side of things, they weren't going to have a whole big, you know, a big role for Luke Voigt. If everyone's healthy, you have DJ LeMahieu as a first base option there. They just signed Anthony Rizzo. He's an option there. And for DH, you obviously have John Carlos Stanton with his big contract there. And there's other guys as well, like Aaron Judge that can DH if he has an off day. So they're filled with first base and DH options. So the point was kind of there, just expendable. And the Yankees were like, hey, this Justin Lane guy, if he works out, this will be a good trade for us. And it gives Luke Boyd an opportunity to go have a bigger role somewhere else. And that's exactly what Voight's going to be for the Padres. Voight, when talking to the media, he says he's happy for a fresh start in San Diego. And that fresh start hopefully will be a fresh start in terms of being injury-free as well, because that's the big question with Luke Voight. He dealt with an oblique strain last year and knee inflammation in 2021, so last year as well was on the 10-day IL at one point, then was on the 60-day IL at one point. But obviously the Potters are playing with this upside in the fact and the hope that he can stay healthy being a DH most of the time. He hit 22 home runs in 56 games in 2020. That's a lot of home runs in not very many games in two months. So if he stays healthy and you span that number over six months, you got yourself at least a 50 home run hitter there. I'm not saying to expect 50 home runs from him. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think 30 home runs is something that is realistic. You give that guy 500 at-bats, 30 home runs is definitely realistic to me. He's staying healthy. He is comfortable. He's not having to worry about, oh, I'm not going to get a whole lot of playing time. Dude, that's a 30 home run guy. That's what the Padres have needed. That's why I was so pissed off and all that when they – 
missed out on guys like Nelson Cruz, especially going to the Nationals for $15 million essentially. Now here, look, Nelson Cruz is still a step up from Luke Voigt. The difference between Nelson Cruz and Luke Voigt is that Nelson Cruz has had a track record of staying healthy. He might be way older than Luke Voigt is, but he has a track record of staying healthy. He has a track record of hitting 30-plus home runs pretty much every full season for the last seven years, not including, obviously, the shortened season because it was two months. But that's the difference. So I would rather have Nelson Cruz. But in terms of payroll, in terms of where the pod, the options that they had, this is pretty much one of the better case scenarios in terms of being that full DH. Uh, Bob Melvin, he said that Luke Voigt could play first base against left-handed hitters. And I think that's definitely something that you will see. Osmer and Voigt are pretty similar defensively. So that's not really, you're not really making a decision at first base based on, oh, we're going to have great defense. Might as well put Cronenworth or Profar there if you're going to go over defense. But it's the decision who's going to play first base is going to be based off of the guy on the mound, most likely. Obviously, if someone's hot, maybe they don't look at that as much. But if it's just, Void against Hosmer, it's going to be who's pitching. Against righties, you'd think that Hosmer would hit. Against lefties, you'd think Voigt would hit. Um, Voigt's career against left-handed pitchers, he has an 859 OPS, on-base plus slugging percentage. Hosmer's career against left-handed pitching is 662 OPS. So that's a big gap uh, against lefties. So Voigt obviously would get the upper hand there in terms of being in the lineup against left-handed hitters. But even just in total, Hosmer's career OPS against left and right-handers, just anyone he's facing, is 767. Luke Voigt's career OPS against any pitcher he's facing is 867, so a 100-point increase. So you can make the argument, especially if Luke Voigt's hot, Luke Voigt is going to be playing first base. So a matter of that is we're, you just got to hope, hope that he's going to stay healthy. Because that's obviously the big question. If Luke Voigt stays healthy, this trade looks really good for the San Diego Padres. And a big reason why is because Luke Voigt is only making, what, like five, a little over $5 million this year. And so when I look it up, according to Spot Track, after the Nick Martinez deal, they had like $14 million left, something like that, in room before the $230 million luxury tax threshold. And now the Padres, with that Voigt move, have $8.6 million in room before the luxury tax threshold, which is $230 million this year, obviously. So Peter Seidler, AJ Preller have some room. And in terms of if I was the GM of the Padres, if I was AJ Preller, if I was Peter Seidler, even I would want some room before hitting that $230 million uh, range or that number, I would want some room. So I'd have some flexibility to add at the deadline or just have some flexibility. So if you're adding, if an injury happens and you bring in someone on a one-year, $3 million deal, you have some room to add that guy uh, to still stay under that $230 million number. So if you're going by that, maybe they only have 4 to $5 million of room that they so that they have still some, some space before hitting that $230 million number. So that probably means that it's someone like Tommy Pham that comes in because I've heard nothing about his market. Uh, I'd be open to bringing him back. I think some people obviously hear the name 
like Austin Meadows or Brian Reynolds. We discussed Brian Reynolds and Austin Meadows on previous episodes. So you can go listen or watch that for my full opinion when I talked about those guys. Uh, but for Brian Reynolds case, I'd say no to that. I'd just go get out. I'd just go get fam because I want CJ Abrams still. I want Robert Hassel the third still, and they'd probably have to give up one of those guys if they're going to want to part with, or if they want to get Brian Reynolds. And then Austin Meadows, I'd still say no. He's more of not a complete hitter. It's more, he's better, I think, probably platoon-wise. He did have some injuries as well. Uh, but again, that's a trade that you're going to have to give up uh, more than Justin Lang, I think, because the Rays still value Austin Meadows. He's still going to be a part of their lineup. Where the Yankees, Voight wasn't really going to be a big part of their lineup, so they were just trying to get some. And they said, we'll get this high upside Justin Lang kid who's 20 years old, and maybe he comes into something. You know, he, he happens to be something. Um, so those are different scenarios there. So you can't really – it's not really apples to apples, Luke Voigt and like Austin Meadows or a Brian Reynolds deal. That's just not the way it is. Um, but getting back to Luke Voigt, obviously, so the power, they get some power. They'll help compensate a little bit for the Fernando injury. Obviously – this lineup has still gotten worse in comparison to last year uh, because Tatis is better than Luke Voigt is. And Luke Voigt still has that injury question. Tatis hit 42 home runs last year. Luke Voigt's probably not going to hit 42 home runs this year, I would think. Now, can he? Is that like his ceiling? I mean, based on the 2020 year, if he had that same pace, yeah, he could do that. But in terms of being more conservative, and factoring in maybe he does miss a week or something with injuries or a couple weeks, factoring that in and factoring that maybe he doesn't get as many at-bats. If they make another move, if they, make an, if they get another outfielder and they want that outfielder to DH sometimes and there's a righty on the mound, so it's Hosmer hitting, just factoring in all those things. I think if Luke Boyd stays healthy all year, you can put in 30 home runs. And that's why I like this move. Um, but Nelson Cruz does have a better injury history than Voigt does. So obviously I would have preferred Cruz over Voigt. And you didn't have you wouldn't have had to give up Justin Lang, you know? Um, so but I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna come on here and say, well, I don't like this deal. They shouldn't have given up Justin Lang like I like I would if the Padres acquire Brian Reynolds and they have to deal CJ Abrams or Robert Hassel. That's when I would say, all right, well. I did not like the fact that he had to give up Abrams or Hassel. This isn't the case. I mean, Lang, obviously, he could turn into something, but the Potters are trying to win right now, and Justin Lang is not going to help the team right now or next year where Abrams and Hassel will. I would, They're projected to. Uh, but just getting back to Voight, Preller said he talked, to, uh, talked about Luke Voight actually at last year's trade deadline. He said Voight fits uh, – he fits really in that DH spot, mostly in that DH spot. He said Voight act also has lost a little bit of weight, so that might help with injuries because when you're running, obviously, the heavier you are, that's probably more load on those knees and all that. Uh, and he was – Preller said that he was healthy going to the Yankees camp, obviously. Now, it's only been a week, right? So you can't really take a whole lot into that, but obviously that's good that he was healthy. But Voight is a better hitter than Hosmer. And this gives them a DH. This gives them what I've wanted, what a lot of Padres fans have wanted, that power hitting DH to some degree. It's just a matter of if he can stay healthy now. 
but this makes the team better than they were before this Luke Voigt, this Luke Voigt trade. There's no doubt about that. That's obvious. Uh, now the question is they need to go get an outfielder. And with $8 million left in room, and like I mentioned, I think it would be smart to have some $2, 3000000 million of room before you hit the, t- the threshold. Seems like Tommy Pham seems like an ideal option there and something that you just hope that he has a bounce back year. And if you have an outfield again, same outfield as last year with Pham, Grisham, and Myers left or right, I don't think it's the end of the world. Uh, because at least they got some power in the DH spot. At least they don't have to worry about having a rotating DH uh, cast of Jorge Alfaro, Alfaro, Austin Nola, and maybe Eric Cosmer if they don't put him at first. Like, I'd rather have Luke Boyd as the consistent DH than a, a rotating cast like that. Jorge Alfaro, yeah, he did hit a home run yesterday in the first spring training game. Good for him. But I still don't see him getting majority of playing time at catcher. And I don't see him obviously getting a majority of time at DH now uh, because of the void trade, obviously, but this is a good deal. Something where they didn't give up a whole lot. Someone that's not going to impact, wouldn't have impacted the team anyway in the first couple of years, at least someone that keeps them well, that gives them room to add some one year deal outfielder to be the left fielder. Um, and it makes the lineup a lot better. I'm going to go up. This might not, this is just a potential lineup that I drew up uh, with Voight in the lineup, obviously Hosmer in the lineup as well. So this is probably the lineup if there's a right-handed hitter, a right-handed pitcher on the mound. This is the lineup with a right-handed pitcher on the mound. So you got Trent Grisham in center leading off. This is without Tatis, by the way. So to start the season, Cronenworth hitting second, second base, Manny Machado third, hitting third, Voight de-aging, hitting cleanup. Myers and Wright hitting fifth, Hosmer hitting sixth at first, Austin Nola catching, hitting seventh, and then Hassan Kim shortstop hitting eighth, and then I have Profar in left hitting ninth. Again, a move could be made with Tommy Pham, someone like that, and then this lineup changes, but I like having Profar being maybe that second leadoff guy, puts together great at-bats, not a whole lot of power, but he, ha- he puts together better at-bats, at least last year, than Hassan Kim did. And Hassan Kim, he can obviously move up in the lineup if he can prove in spring training and early in the season that he can hit velocity. And that's something he struggled with last year. So it's not a total a total uh, guarantee that he ends up doing that. Um, but so that's my pretty big, that's pretty much my takeaways from the Luke Boyd deal, something that's positive for the team, made them better than what they were, you know, 48 hours ago, a move that, Helps the offense, something that AJ didn't hadn't done up to this point. Took him a while uh, to do, uh, but he did do it, and it's something that helps, you know, f- uh, financially, and <coughs> excuse me, and you know keeps some room, some money available to add an outfielder, someone like that. Uh, so this is a good move all around, uh, and when we talk about you know, some people obviously don't like Hosmer. A lot of fans don't want him here. But I'm facing the reality right now, at least, that he's going to be here on opening day. But for this spring spring training lineup that came out today, obviously, I'm recording a couple hours before the game today, uh, March 19th. The lineup had C.J. Abrams at second base and Hostan Kim at shortstop. I think that's a long shot. 
I think Abrams has to play really well to make the roster out of opening uh, out of spring training for that opening day roster April seventh at Arizona. But if he does, then this could be a possibility sometimes where Osmer's really struggling at the plate, still hasn't improved defensively, and the Padres decide let's put Jake Cronenworth an All Star at first base. We like CJ at the top of the lineup hitting second. We like Kim near the bottom of the order hitting playing short because he's great defensively at shortstop. And we can still have Luke Boyd at the D, at DH, who's a better hitter than Hosmer. And you can have Hosmer on the bench as a pinch hitter or something like that. Or if you just don't want to play Hosmer, I think that's a possible scenario. So that's my takeaway from this lineup that I was referencing, kind of teasing earlier. With Abrams at second, Kim at short, you can move Jake to first and not play Hosmer. That's a big. That's probably the cat. That's probably the you know casual Padres fan or even the hardcore fan. That's their preference because they just don't. They want to launch Hosmer into the sun. I don't see that happening out of the, out of the gate. I think it's a long shot. Abrams makes the roster, um, just because they have Profar who can play infield as well. That's an option. But from what I'm seeing, Cronenworth's not at first base by the way today. But I'm just saying Cronenworth obviously is going to play. And if they do want to go with this Kim shortstop, Abrams second base combination, you're obviously going to want to play Jake. He's a better first baseman. He's a better player than Voight and Hosmer. But in terms of being choosing between Hosmer and Voight as the DH, Voight is the, going to be the DH there. He's just the better hitter. Um, so that's, that's my takeaway from this lineup, something I think that could happen. Now, final thing I wanted to move on to here before we get out of here is the visual breakdown I had of Mackenzie Gore's first spring training start. Now, hopefully what you guys can appreciate about my show, about my podcast, about me as a fan, is I watch every game, even like I was working last night, but I watched live the first two innings of Gore, uh, and then I ended up having to go to work. Uh, But in terms of Gore's first spring training start, and in terms of all the games, I like to watch games multiple times, at least highlights or condensed games after I watch the full game. And I watched Mackenzie Gore's uh, appearance twice. I watched it twice and technically three times if you um, count me watching the replay of it on MLB TV and making screenshots for some split cameras, some split uh, images comparing pitch locations, which we'll get into. So hopefully what you can appreciate appreciate about my show is that I am someone that really does know what I'm talking about. I'm watching the games. I'm not just looking at box scores and saying, oh, it looks like McKenzie pitched well, like that, because that doesn't show the whole story. So I hope that you can appreciate that I've went through, gave you some visual breakdowns here uh, of McKenzie's pitch selection or uh, location And there's some other podcasts that I've listened to about McKenzie's first spring training start. And they're just talking about Gore's performance. And they even admitted that they weren't even watching the game. That's not me. I don't think that's fair to you guys. I don't think it's fair to the audience. And I don't think that's fair, obviously, for just myself. Like, I want to I don't want to have an opinion where I'm not even watching the person watching them play. Because the eye test does come to effect in spring training when it's not going to be, you're evaluating Mackenzie Gore on a small sample size here. It's an 18-game schedule in 19 days. He's not going to get five starts, you know. 
it's a small span that you're going to be having to judge him on. And he went two innings on Friday. The box score here, which people would say he pitched really well. Two innings, no hits, no runs, no walks, two strikeouts. Now, he did pitch well. I'm not saying he didn't pitch well. But he didn't pitch as well as it felt like all of Padres' Twitter was making it seem like he was going to pitch. Or that he did pitch. A lot of Padres' Twitter was saying he's, his command was great. He pitched really well. Um, and Ruben Niebla, the pitching whisperer and all that. And it's way, way too early to really go into that. So for you guys, for myself, for you, for everyone, just in fairness, and to really get what Mackenzie Gore did yesterday, I've watched this twice, like I mentioned. And he threw 33 pitches, and his performance, I don't think, was as great as everyone was making it to see. 21 of those 33 pitches that I went pitch by pitch again this morning were misses. Mislocation where Austin Nola was putting his glove and where McKenzie ended up throwing the pitch, they were misses. And I was being generous. There were some where Nola was was at the knees where he wanted to be, and it was down the middle, and I still gave it to him. But I'm talking about misses. Like, it's clear that it was a miss. 21 of the 33 pitches were misses. And I actually have a visual breakdown here for the YouTube audience and for anyone listening on the podcast. Uh, you can go back, obviously, on the YouTube version here and look at these breakdowns that I'm going to share here. So here's the breakdown. So this is just some of the pitches. These are the some of the misses that I went through and took screenshots of, of me watching this broadcast and the misses. So as you can see here with my mouse that I'm circling, Nola's Here's this pitch where Nola is, wants the pitch down to J.P. Crawford, one of the first pitches McKenzie threw. He wants the pitch to be down near his knees, near his shins, okay? And McKenzie ends up missing big. It ends up being near the waist and way outside. So that's a big miss there. Here's another one. McKenzie looks like a fastball here. And Nola, again, wants the pitch. Here's where his glove is pre-pitch as McKenzie's going, uh, winding up here, throwing. He wants the pitch to be near the knees. Again, knees and looks like outside corner. He's more on the outside plate here as the result, but look, it ends up being way high. It ends up being at J.P. Crawford's letters, essentially. So that's a big miss. He, I, I like that he still kept the pitch on the outside part of the plate, but he still missed way up. It wasn't even close to where Nola wanted the pitch, which he wanted at the knees, and it ended up being almost at J.P. Crawford's eyes. So that's another one. Here's one to old buddy Ty France, former Padre. Again, Nola asked this pitch, this fastball, to be near the knees, pretty much the shins, low. That seemed like the common theme. A lot of the pitches that I saw Nola asking for were low, and McKenzie ends up putting this pitch I'm not, I forget if it was a ball or a strike, but he ends up putting the pitch over Ty France's waist. So waist level. So that this pitch ended up, Nola again wanted it to be at the knees, under the knees, and it ended up being pretty much at Ty France's letters. So these are just some of the examples again, or I'll go through them again. These are some of the examples where McKenzie missed. And again, 21 of the 33 pitches 
were misses. I would qualify as misses. 12 of them, he hit. He made, hit his spot. But 21 of them were not. And so that's over 66%, I think, of pitches. I put it on Twitter. 66% of pitches that were misses out of Mackenzie Gore's start. So for anyone that was saying that Mackenzie Gore's command looked great and all that, yeah, there was some someone posted a video of one sequence of one at bat where McKenzie was on the whole at bat. But again, that doesn't tell the whole story. And so McKenzie here, obviously again, JP Crawford at the knees and he misses to the waist and way outside. My second example that I showed Nola wants it at the knees to JP Crawford and misses way above his waist at the letters essentially. And then the Ty France again, Nola wants it at Ty France's shins almost, and it ends up being pretty much right over the middle of the plate a little under Ty Francis letters. So that's just some of the examples of Mackenzie Gore and his start yesterday. Again, the results and during the season, right, I'm going to be more of a judge on, okay, he didn't give up a run. That's all I really care about. He didn't walk anyone. That's what I really care about. And look, he did pitch well. If that's where you're judging it off of, and I'm going to judge it off of that a little bit. So he did, I think he pitched well, like I mentioned earlier. I think he pitched well, but there's room to improve. His command does need to improve. And I think he would say that as well. I think Ruben Niebla would say that as well, if you ask him. So for anyone that didn't watch, hopefully you gained some insight into actually how McKenzie did and what some people were trying to say that he did. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to say, just to clarify, I'm not saying that McKenzie was trash. He wasn't. He didn't give up a run. He didn't walk anyone. That's encouraging. He looked better than obviously what he did in spring training last year where they didn't even finish the inning and didn't even finish innings because they just wanted – he hit a certain amount of pitches in that inning, and they were like, all right, I'm done. No, we're done. He didn't do that this year, so that's encouraging. And His start was encouraging. Let me be clear. But there is room to improve. His command should improve, and it needs to improve. And again, I'd still classify it as a long shot that he makes the big league opening day roster. Uh, just because of the options that Bob Belden has this year. Uh, but I think McKenzie, you will see him in the major leagues if he keeps on this trajectory this year, definitely. Maybe even before the All-Star break. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Again, the Potters acquire Luke Voigt. They got better, definitely offensively. They got better, period. And maybe compensate a little bit if Voigt stays healthy for Fernando's absence, they still need a left fielder, but they still have about a little over $8 million of room before that $230 million competitive balance tax, luxury threshold tax, threshold value number um, before Peter Sider gets taxed. So there is still moves to be made. Gore had his first start yesterday. Abrams and Kim in the lineup today at second base and shortstop, respectively. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode presented by gangleonbros.com. Gangnam Bros, famous cheesesteaks and subs. Episode 129, Talking Fires Podcast, YouTube show. Thank you so much for listening and watching. Have a good one. Hope you enjoy your weekend. Hope you enjoy your Saturday. So long, Ben Fan. See ya. See ya. See ya later.